Greetings. Today, the From Cork With Love adventure podcast is coming to you from a wood just outside the east side of Cork City. And I'm here with my dog, Louis, sometimes called Prince Louis, and I have fish and chips on my mind. That's the biggest thing on my mind is, well, to get back to the car as rapidly as I can without causing too much loss of breath. And secondly, how to talk to people who own fish and chip shops. Yeah, to own a fish and chip shop. Have I ever spoken to somebody who's owned a fish and chip shop before in my life? Never. So that's a first coming up later today. Have I ever taken a proposal, a business proposal, to some people who own a fish and chip shop? The answer is no. So that's another first. Although that first is implied by the first first. Ah, there's a butterfly here. Perhaps is a single white butterfly a sign of good fortune or good luck? Or a... What's the word called? Something that predicts good luck. A portent. A portent of good fortune. Anyway, the the day today is sunny, dry, getting warmer all the time. And I'm not very far from the end of the walk. Earlier in the walk, I live-streamed and... Fantastically big surprise for me. Two people who live in Indiana came on the on the scope. One uh, woman called Jill Russell, and the other a woman called oh dear, this is terrible. Night hiker is her name on the internet, and I should really be better at remembering. Miriam. Miriam. Nice hiker. Two people from Indiana. Now, what are the chances that if you go on to do a live stream on Periscope that you find yourself talking a lot with two people from Indiana? Uh, There was also somebody from Texas, also somebody from New York. Um, I can't remember how many people made comments on the scope. Not that many. It's not the best time of the day to to go scoping, but best time of the day to do a live stream if what you're keen on is to attract or to be attractive to the maximum number of people would be about four o'clock in the afternoon Irish time. That would get you into New York at about, um, what did I say, 11 o'clock in the day. It would get you, if you were... uh, Uh, You'd get people on the west coast of the United States, except Hawaii, but you'd get people on the west coast of the United States who'd be getting up at that time, and you'd get into Australia, but you'd be a bit late for New Zealand. But that's a very good time. Three to four o'clock would be a superb time to to get people, if that is where, if if you want to get people from outside Ireland and, and the UK, it's probably not a very convenient time to to do it if you're trying to attract people in Ireland, since most people will be, well, a lot of people will be out doing a job. So uh, there we are. 
Um, as I say, fish and chips. Um, I, it probably means, now that I think about it, that I might very well get some fish and chips today. I might get to eat some fish and chips. That hadn't crossed my mind until now. But what's going to happen is that myself and somebody else, Roger Overall, we're going to take along an offering to a business for them to consider. And they may or may not accept the offering. And that's that's good. That's a situation where there isn't any obligation on either side. Um, I guess offering something to people I've never met before, I still would retain the ability to say, after meeting them, to say, well, actually, no, thank you. I don't think there's enough of a click or a fit with your style of work, your values. Style and values are not the same thing, of course, but your style and your values, your expectations and mine. And I think that's a really important thing for people who are in the service business. I mean, every restaurant reserves the right to refuse admission to people. Uh, Every pub reserves the right. You can be quite sure every solicitor, every architect, every... Even ever, even a doctor, I suspect, reserves the right not to treat certain people. No, of course you wouldn't want to be in a situation where you unreasonably withhold the willingness to serve somebody. And that's another topic. But it's a great thing of going into a meeting with people who own chip and fish and chips. I love that. So, I'm nearly back to the car now, so with no more ado, I'll stop the recording and see what happens in the next part of this episode of From Cork With Love Adventure. This is Paula Manny saying, hopefully, I'll be back to you. How do you go and visit people who own fish and chip shops? You drive in convoy. So Roger is in front of me in his car. Well, I'm in behind him in my car. And I got back to the house, left the dog off. And it's getting warmer and warmer. It's now 12.48. We're due to be there at 1 o'clock. And we're driving through countryside. I am, I have no idea why we're driving to this place rather than to a fish and chip shop, but I'm going to assume now that we're not going to drive to a fish and chip shop. Well, it's certainly an adventure. We've just stopped on our way to the fish and chip shop. We stopped at a coffee chocolate shop where they say they do a selection of wines, home baking and savouries, and do take out. But Rostellan, R-O-S-T-E-L-L-A-N, Courtyard. Are we in the right place? Yeah, it's telling me... It's actually telling me to go back. Right. So, in other words, 
Is it saying go back just to this turn here? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I'll let you do the U-turn. But the, the uh, wonderful thing about it is there were no customers in this place. It was tiny. It's inside a stone building. Well, that won't tell you very much. But anyway, it's in, and there's a courtyard inside with tables. This is just off the, I was going to say the main road. That, that goes down towards um, White Haven. And uh, inside is a man called Peter, was he called Peter Rostellan? Anyway, he's the owner. He once went to Ballymaloo Cookery School, which is a 12-week, very high-status um, cookery school. Um, the highest status in Ireland, really. And um, they make their own chocolate. And this is the key thing. They make, he makes his own chocolate. Now, what about that? We have come across a chocolate maker out here. And apart from a number of things, I said to him, well, how do people find out about you? How do people know about you? Because his chocolate is used. People make Rostellan hot, um, hot chocolate um, in Middleton, for example, which is the nearest 10,000 people um, uh, to a small town from here. And he said, Facebook. Now, I didn't say to him that Roger and I are marketing guys and that we'd love to tell his story. No, we don't know anything about him. But the whole app, I'm absolutely thrilled by the idea that we've met a chocolate maker. Now, we're a bit lost. We're going up a hill here. But we will find our way. Roger is pausing on the brow of the hill. I'm having to keep the revs up. Now I've failed to keep the revs up. I don't know which way is he going. Is he coming back or not? The good thing, actually, about this is that I can... You really do have everything. Ireland's largest range... ...is at one on RTE Radio 1. This is Christopher McKenna. Afternoon. The headlines this Friday lunchtime. The European Union has said it will defend its interests after the imposition of import tariffs by the United States, but stressed it was not involved in a trade war. The leader of the Spanish Socialist Party, Pedro Sanchez, has become the country's new Prime Minister after Mariano Rajoy lost a no-confidence motion in Parliament. And independent news and media has lost its high court challenge to a decision by the state's corporate watchdog to apply to have inspectors appointed Hooray. to the company. Hooray. The is read by Clodagh Walsh. The European Union, Canada and Mexico have all warned they'll retaliate in kind against new US tariffs on steel and aluminium imports. The EU has issued a 10-page list of retaliatory tariffs and says it will also take action against the United States through the World Trade Organization. Canada and Mexico have new import duties on US goods, including whiskey and cheese. At a news conference in Brussels, the EU foreign policy chief, Frederica Mogherini, said the European Union was not at war with anyone but would stand up for itself.
the European Union is a peace project, including on trade. Uh, we believe in uh, uh, global, free, fair trade, and we will continue to do so. Having said that, uh, clearly the European Union has to defend its interests, uh, and this is why, uh, as announced by the President uh, yesterday, the European Union will today proceed with the WTO dispute settlement case. If only every piece of work could be like this. I, I come out here in glorious sunshine and I can see the sea and I'm driving back towards Cork now. I mean, you, you just... If only every day's work could be as pleasant as this. I, I, there's obviously a whole load of things I can't share now here on this piece of audio. You know, a confidential meeting with a potential client. You can't come out of it and say, well, we got the contract, we got the contract. No, there's no contract signed already. The matter has to be discussed by the client within the client's... Uh, between the client and his wife. But my goodness me, what a... What a, a conversation. I better tell you something that would be concrete and be of interest. The uh, client uh, talks really, really quickly. And it took me, it, it has taken me a long time, relatively speaking, to tune in to the speed with which the, the, the potential client, the fish and chip man, has, has spoken. Uh, you know how slowly I speak. Well, it's a bit like putting me on double double speed or triple speed. Yeah, had uh, a cup of tea, sat around a table, presented, Roger did almost all the presenting, presented the proposal using his uh, iPad. He brought along two hard copies, two paper copies of the proposal and oh, well I'm just uh, bowled over because in addition to talking about work and what the business is like and what we our process of working with the business the client gave us an insight into what kind of a person he is by giving us some very clear, remarkable advice about how to deal with stress. Imagine you go along to present a proposal on a branding document and the client gives you, or the potential client gives you advice on how to deal with stress. I mean, it was uh, quite extraordinary. We did a little bit of swapping of personal information went through how many days work would be involved on this project off the top of our heads it's uh, 25 days uh, 25 person days and uh, we will find out I think in the next couple of days whether this project is a, is a runner or not I'm booked in to go back next Friday 
and start the process of immersing myself in the business, meaning have have focused discussion with the owner about the business and also about the 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 nuts and bolts of how to proceed talking with other people. This is based on the assumption that we do agree a, a contract and you know I'm well it's not a bad thing to record how blown away I am. I made a note during the conversation of three if not four stories which he told us which for me illustrate quite a lot of the character of one of the people behind the business and that's one of the things that if you're going to talk to a business which is being run by the by its owner the personality the character the history the biography the values the beliefs the the, the way in which the business owner ticks matters it it both opens up a whole range of possibilities for the business and it also restricts what the business can do because some um, well if the owner is a driving force within the business all the things about the business constrain the business all the things about the owner constrain the business too I remember talking to on a, in a previous work situation talking to my business partner about what we were like the two of us and eventually said uh, we were talking about we knew each other pretty well but we were trying to pull it all together and I said look we are condemned to be we have no choice about this we are change agents we have such a track record of operating in situations from the point of view of how can we change uh, the status quo I said that there's no situation that either of us could go into and be satisfied with the status quo so you know if there's you know we're only fit for dealing with situations where change is required that we're just not the right people for maintaining a steady state you know status quo hold on to your position and we're not in that we're much more um, useful in situations where significant change is needed or where a whole succession of tiny changes which together add up to significant change are required. So those, the, the character you have and the, they affect your, and your track record, and your track record affect your capacity in every in every job your ability to do something you know if you have a track record of doing work at lightning speed you probably don't have the capacity the skill to do patient slow work you'd be you know you you just wouldn't be the right the white clot the right cluster of abilities and predispositions so wow now there is a 
in, a great contrast, and that was it, between my natural style, which is probably more attuned to... People would see me as being a little on the slow side and a little on the thorough side. Oh my goodness, just saw a woman there walking on the other side of the road with what looked like a towel around her. She's pushing a... a um, I was nearly said a wheelchair. She's pushing a, a buggy with a child in it. But she looks like as if she's dressed in a bathing towel. She wasn't, but it looked like one from the back. Anyway, I'm just uh, recording a little bit of a what it's like to do my kind of work and right at the kind of raw opening stage of a project which hasn't even yet been signed off so we will see we will see oh, thank goodness it's all looking sunny outside <laughs>